uh, Jeremiah 3.15, I will give you shepherds after my own heart. and They will feed you with knowledge and understanding. Praise God. So we want you to know something when you leave here. And know it not just in your head, but know it in your heart. There's a difference. Whatever you receive in this service by revelation, it will stay in your heart. It will stick in your heart. Amen. And the Holy Spirit will bring it right back to your remembrance. Hallelujah. When you need to draw upon it. So we're happy about what's about to happen here today. Faith cometh by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. So faith is going to grow in this place right now. When it said it cometh, it doesn't mean it originates. It originates with, with God. He giveth to every man a measure of faith. That's already in you. Amen. Anybody that says they can't believe is not being honest and biblical. They're blinded. Amen. To every man was given the measure of faith. And that measure of faith is so that you can believe the gospel when you hear it. So you will be saved and you will not be lost. Amen. All right. Having said that, Brother Taylor is going to just ask God to be with us in a very special way in this service today. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God is good, isn't he? All the time. Amen. Oh, clap your hands, all ye people. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah. <laughs> Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you this morning for your love and your mercy, your joy, your peace, your faithfulness, Lord God. Thank you for this day. This is a day that you have made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you for your grace. The grace of God shall end all my mind that bringeth salvation. Has appeared unto all men, Lord. Thank you for that grace. By the grace of God, we are. I am what I am, Lord. Thank you for peace, Lord God. That peace that passes all understanding, Lord. Lord, we come this morning to worship thee in spirit and in truth. Oh, God, we came to seek your face, Lord God, diligently out of a pure heart. Move by thy spirit, Lord. Cleanse us through the washing of the water by the way. Anoint us to do your will, Lord God. Thank you for victory, Lord God. Oh, God, we have the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ, Lord God. Oh, God, we are more than conquerors, Lord God, through thee, Lord. Bless and deliver me to every need that's present, Lord God. If any unsaved, Lord, or any unsaved, come in, save them, fill them with the Holy Ghost. Lord, feed your sheep, feed your lamb, Lord God, and give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying unto the church, hearts to receive and contain and to be obedient. Thank you for victory, Father, in Jesus' name. For the glory of God, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. The book of Revelation, and let's begin reading from chapter 1. The book of Revelation, chapter 1. There's so many wonderful things in the book of Revelation. Most people go to the book of Revelation looking for the Antichrist, honestly. And they don't even really have a clear revelation of Jesus Christ. That's why the Bible said that Paul wanted them to know. And he wanted to know. And he said, I found out by revelation and now realization of that revelation in my life. I know, I know whom I have believed. And because of that knowledge, I am persuaded completely without any shadow of a doubt or turning. I am persuaded that he is able. When you see that word, 
you have to attach faithfulness to it. Because if he has the power and he's not faithful to help you with it, it does you absolutely no good. So acknowledging that he has all power, amen, uh, is not enough. You need to acknowledge the God who holds all this power loves you and is faithful and is faithful. God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted above that, that you are able, who will with the temptation make a way of escape that you might be able to bear it. God is faithful. Sarah, uh, Sarah, being past the age of childbearing, received strength to conceive and bring forth a child because she considered him faithful that had promised. Can you say man? Hallelujah. Great is thy faithfulness, thy mercies are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness, therefore have I hope. Hallelujah. Amen. So when we go to the book of Revelation, God wants you to see a lot of things about Jesus before you even think about trying to figure out who the Antichrist is. By the way, he's not going to be manifest where anyone can find out who he is. Amen. Until a timing. Amen. That day shall not come except there come a falling away first. This is a sign in the church, not in Israel. Prophetic sign. It's beginning now. The falling away is not something that is future. It will come to its apex in the first three years of the tribulation. But it's beginning now. And it's evidenced in denominations that have left the Bible and they have left the word of God and they have left the, the teachings that were handed down to them through the people that, that started those denominations. They would roll over in their graves, literally, if they knew what that denomination has come down to. Till the, the whole denominations are accepting the, the morals and the mores of the culture instead of the clear teaching of the word of God. What God said is an abomination. They say it doesn't matter. What God says will send you to hell, they say, don't even worry about that. Don't even think about that. So it's important today that we understand what God wants us to know about Jesus and about what it means to us to be in Christ and what it means to have Christ in us. Christ in you is the hope of glory. Hallelujah. Christ in me is the hope of glory. So when you go to the book of Revelation, remember that day shall not come. Until there come a falling away first, then, then the man of sin, the son of perdition is going to be revealed. So all that's trying to figure it out until then is all in vain. Amen. It's all in vain. Figuring out the time of the coming of the Lord is all in vain. Knowing the season is not in vain. Amen. And I believe that we can prophetically declare that we are in the season of the soon coming of Jesus Christ. Time and moment of it, we don't know. That's why the, the, the Bible tells us to be ready. We used to sing, I'm getting ready to leave this world. My pastor years ago preached on the soon coming of Jesus, and he said, we can't sing it that way anymore. Because when he comes, you can't be getting ready. Amen. Told us the parable, read the parable of the, of the foolish and wise virgins. <laughs> and, and there was no time to go get ready. 
Amen. They had to be ready. When, when they heard the cry, behold, the bridegroom cometh. I think you asked me last week on God's prophetic clock. You didn't put it in those terms, uh, but I'll put a few words in your mouth. Amen. Here, and I believe you'll agree with it. Where, what time do you believe it is on God's prophetic clock? I think it's quarter of 12. Midnight. At midnight. At the darkest time of the night, there was a cry, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. This world is getting darker and darker and darker. Darkness shall cover the earth, Isaiah 60, and gross darkness the people arise and shine. For thy light has already come, and the glory of the Lord shall be risen upon thee and shall be seen upon thee. Amen. Hallelujah. So it's time for the church to arise and shine. So scripture in the Old Testament said, Arise, shake thyself from the dust, and cast off your chains, O captive daughter of Zion. You have a covenant with a holy God, and God wants you to be free and live in the glorious freedom and the glorious liberty of the sons of God. Hallelujah. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. So I just want you to know in the book of Revelation, it is the revelation primarily of Jesus Christ. In fact, that's what the book says. The revelation of Jesus Christ that was given to St. John on the Isle of Patmos. And that word revelation, apocalypse, and you hear of apocalyptic events because of all of those things that's going to occur during the tribulation that is brought forward in the book of Revelation. Apocalypse is, a, is not about earthquakes that topple cities and, and storms that wipe out communities and tidal waves. Uh, that's called apocalyptic, but the word is a very revealing word. Revelation, apocalypse. It means the unveiling of something that was previously hidden. Something that's behind a canvas is over it and you lift that canvas and you unveil it. And it is the unveiling of Jesus Christ and is seeing him. Amen. What, what did it say about him? If you're looking for the Jesus that rode on the donkey into Jerusalem, you will not find him in the book of Revelation. You will not find him on no donkey after that. You won't find him on no cross either. You will find him on a white horse coming with the armies of heaven to rule and reign forever and to conquer every adversary. Praise God. White horse is the symbol of victory. Hallelujah. And Christ is not a victim. He is the victor. Make no mistake about it. So I'm going to talk about this kingdom of priests here and identify them. Because Satan would love to keep every child of God in the dark about who Jesus is in you and who you are in Jesus Christ. Because if you ever find out who you are, you'll find out you have awesome authority spiritually. In fact, he said, behold, I give you power over how much of the power of the enemy to his disciples. All of it, not some of it, not most of it, but all of it. I like what Shambach said. I quote it often. He said, Satan walketh about as a roaring lion, but Jesus pulled his teeth at Calvary. But some other pastor chimed in and said, you know, that's very true. But the sad part about that is that a toothless devil is gumming to death so many Christians. That a devil without the power, without the authority over them, 
is defrauding them out of their right for victory and their right to live in that victory and demonstrate that victory. Amen. So we want to get people prepared for the falling away. So we will be, instead of falling away, we're going to begin to draw near. I, I, feel, I feel the need to get closer to God now than I've ever felt in any time in my life. Because the pressure is on. And it's not just the world itself, but the Christian community. There are so many people within the Christian community. I've been for eight years now, I think. I've been part of all pro-pastors. I have been meeting with three other ministers. I have been going to pastors' conferences where there would be 60 to 70 pastors in a room at one time. And, and talking and interacting with other ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to tell you if there's ever a time. It's scary to hear and see. Not everyone. There are exceptions. Thank God there are. But there are so many that are letting down the standard instead of holding it high. There are so many that are willing to compromise what they know to be true in order to go with the flow. And we simply can't afford to do that in this last day. Amen. That day shall not come except there come a falling away first. I believe we're in the beginning of the falling away. Just look at what denominations are allowing that at one time they would have never permitted. Just look at that the leaders of denominations coming together to vote on things that the Bible is already stated and is clear on. And they are voting. Can you imagine church leaders voting whether or not to let the Bible stand or to violate it so that we can accommodate the culture? I can put it out of the theological and prophetic sense and put it in plain language. Look at, we used to sing, I'm going to take a trip on the good old gospel ship. Think of the church, the true, the true church as a vessel in the water. It's a ship. It is designed for the sea. It is designed for the water. There's no problem with the church in the world. In fact, Jesus prayed, didn't he? He said, Father, I'm not praying you take them out. Why? Because we're the salt. Oh, and I, I want to I get beyond. Yes, it's true. We, we can make people thirsty for God by showing them the difference in our life that having God in our life makes. Salt makes you thirsty. It also seasons things. But that's not the primary and most important, particularly in that day, use of salt. They did not have refrigeration. They had to salt meat to keep it from spoiling. You can, you can get it up in, in Kentucky and Tennessee. You can get what they call country ham. Amen. It's that that has been salted. They put them in smokehouses, smoke it, but they salt it. Salt means that we are a preserving force. We are here as a preservative. Amen. And until, uh, by the way, the Antichrist can't even be manifest while we are here, the true church, holding our ground, interceding, until he that letteth is taken out of the way. 
until he that letteth. That means someone is holding something back that the devil would do right now if it wasn't for that authority that's still here in the earth. When he pulls us out, when the secret coming, the rapture takes place. Not the second coming, the secret coming. There's a secret coming between the first and second coming. It's called the rapture of the church. Hallelujah. And there are even people fighting that. They want us to go through the tribulation experience the wrath of God and that we're going to take control somewhere. Oh, it's, it's, it's all a bunch of baloney. Amen. <laughs> I, I can't say it strong enough. Baloney. Amen. Brother Venable, don't you know brother so-and-so believes that way? Well, I don't, I don't care what, I mean, you know what? I'm not being mean. It's about the Bible. It's about the truth. It's about salvation. It's about being sealed by the Holy Spirit. It's about not being appointed to wrath, but to obtain salvation. Let me tell you something about the tribulation. It is the outpouring of the wrath of God. And that's the justifiable anger. Say it with me. Justifiable anger. God is not going to have a temper tantrum. Amen. He is going to operate that law of sowing and reaping. You can see it so clearly. Can't you? The angel says the water has now turned to blood. And what does the angel say about that? They've shed so much blood of the innocent. Let them drink blood. You reap what you sow. And we're shedding innocent blood without any conscience about it. Amen. We are shedding it by the millions in America since Roe versus Wade. And not only that, but the murders in America, the murders in Chicago, the murders in Tampa. You can't hardly pick up the paper without somebody being murdered. And you see murder, so many people murdered after a while, you almost become impervious to it. Like it's no big deal to just, you know, stuff happens. It happens, and it's going to keep happening. But innocent blood, listen to this, and I, I'm covering a lot of ground real quick, but listen carefully to this. Innocent blood talks to God. Every innocent person who was killed, murdered, their blood talks to God. Every martyr, for the sake of the gospel, their blood speaks to God. The first murder that happened on this planet is when Cain slew his brother Abel. And God saw it all. And he came to, say, to Cain. And he said, where is your brother Abel? He wanted him to confess up. He wanted him to confess that sin. Listen carefully. He said, am I my brother's keeper? I don't have any responsibility for what happened to him or where he is. And not God said, the blood of your brother cries unto me from the ground for justice. If the blood of one man cried for justice from God, can you imagine the cacophony of sound of all the blood of the innocent that is crying to God for justice? And that is why the wrath of God, it said when the cup of his indignation is full. He will pour out his wrath. And that's what the tribulation is. The pouring out of the wrath of God. And the first judgment doesn't even seem like a judgment. The first three and a half years of the tribulation. Is a utopian peace. Like the world has never known. And a prosperity initially. 
like the world has never known. We think of, of immediate plagues and cataclysmic events, and that's not the case. It is deception on a global scale. The man of sin, the son of perdition, he's going to deceive. If it were possible, he is so deceptive because Satan himself, listen, he deceived a third of the angels of heaven to follow him in rebellion. And so the church needs to wise up, get in the word of God, get on a strong foundation because deception is one of the primary signs. Many false prophets, what shall be the sign of your coming? False prophets is one of them. Many, not a few, not an aberration, but many false prophets shall come. And because iniquity and go out and deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many. That's what creates the falling away. It's the deception and it's people not recognizing it and finding themselves going with the flow instead of going against the tide. Amen. Listen to me carefully. Many false prophets shall go out into the earth and deceive many. And because iniquity will abound, the love of many shall wax cold. When love waxes cold, the church gets in the entertainment business because the cross does not draw people. Amen. Ministers have to have to dumb down the gospel. If you're looking for me to wear a pair of jeans with holes in them, I never could figure that out. I thought every time I got that many holes in my jeans, my mama threw them away. Now you pay $65 for them. Because <laughs> they're designer jeans. with They've been designed with holes in them. Buy you a pair of Walmart jeans for 15 bucks and cut holes in them. I know. I know. It's not a brand name on it. If it says Wally World, you won't get, you know, you got to. Minnie Pearl always wore her price tag on her hat. Many. Disconcerting, isn't it? The love of many waxes cold. That's why revivals are not taking place in many churches. And that's why we have subsidized the teaching of the Word of God, the preaching of the Word of God, amen, with, with every kind of attraction to try to get people who are in that flow away from God to come to God's house and go through the motions of worship. And a lot of times the audience is not worshiping at all. They are being entertained by the praise team. And the praise team, uh, just turn that on because they're performing. It's not something that is vertical. It's not worshiping the Lord. It's, it's singing too to get a response emotionally from the audience. And we call it worship today. Amen. But true worshipers worship him in spirit and in truth. God looks past all that we present to him and he looks directly into the heart. Man looks at the outward, but God looks deeper. And he knows this morning if I brought him thanksgiving in my heart or if I just sang with the choir. Amen. He knows the difference between emotion and devotion. And there's a big difference because emotion can arouse you during a service, but devotion means when you walk out the door, you're a follower of Jesus Christ, and you will not let the world steal that from you. You understand where deception comes in. 
and allows for the falling away. Iniquity abounding. Iniquity shall abound, and therefore the love of many, many false prophets, much iniquity, the love of many waxing cold. That is the beginning of the falling away. It will come to an apex during the tribulation periods because a false prophet will come to verify and validate the Antichrist. And a world church will form. Isn't that amazing? Once we start letting down our standards, once we start uh, wanting to go with the flow, and I don't have time to read you all of the all of the things that are happening right now in our world, right here in America and around the world. Leaders of major denominations are leading those denominations toward a world church in the name of tolerance and unity. Amen. Listen to me carefully. All of these things are happening now. Many people who once served God and stayed close to Him are no longer serving God. There are people who say they are Christian, but they have no desire for His Word. They have no desire to worship Him. So you'd better entertain them. You'd better make it entertaining. The preacher better be entertaining. Whatever happens better be entertaining because you can't hold their focus with the cross or with Christ any longer. That's a falling away. And it will reach its apex during the tribulation. First three and a half years, a man will come on the scene. The son of perdition will be revealed. He will come on the scene. He will have the answer. He will be a diplomatic Pragmatic genius. He will have the answer. And he's going to come on the scene when the world is primed for him. Also among the signs of his coming. What shall be the sign of thy coming? There shall be earthquakes in diverse places. There will be the sea and the waves roaring. This is not just about the tidal wave that is created by the earthquake. It's not just about that. Because the sea is not just about the ocean. The Bible spoke of out of the sea comes this beast. And it's talking about out of, the, out of all of humanity, out of humankind on the earth shall arise this person, the devil's person. Sea and waves roaring. Where have we heard that before? The wicked are like the troubled sea whose waters cast up mire and dirt. There is no peace, saith my God, unto the wicked. Amen. There is no peace, saith my God, unto the wicked. Amen. So the sea and waves were roaring, and there shall be distress of nations with perplexity. Nations will be have more complex problems and they will be perplexed by them. The word perplexed in the Greek is puzzlement. With all of their educators and education, all of their advisors, everything they have access to to resolve and solve problems, they won't be able to do it. And it's going to get to a point where they are desperate, desperate, desperate for an answer. There should be wars. And rumors of wars. And this world is war weary. People do not want another war. 
They want peace at any price. But until the Prince of Peace comes, there will be no peace. The Antichrist, it says of him that through peace, he will deceive many. Because he's going to be able to get the nations of the world to sit down and the leaders to sit down and come to agreements. And they're going to eat it up. Because there will be distress of nations with puzzlement, perplexity. And the Bible said when those things occur, then he's going to come on the scene. And he is going to have the answer. And for the first three and a half years of the tribulation, he's going to even be able to deceive Israel. He's going to get enough nations with him that he will have access to the militaries of the world. It won't be one nation, but all the nations that come into this agreement. The false prophet will lead the world church. The Antichrist will lead a world government. He will have the clout with him. And when he's firmly in power, three and a half years in, first three and a half years, nations come to peace agreements. There's peace globally for the first time in human history. And there's a man of sin that has now become a man of peace to gain the power. And once he gains the power, by the way, If you think that the Pentecostals have a corner on the supernatural, the false prophet is going to mimic the legitimate power of God to get people to follow the false church and the false religious system. Amen. He's coming. So if you're running after every supernatural thing, you've got to get in your Bible. You've got to try the spirits. And just because you see something or feel something, even if an angel... Everybody say an angel. And by the way, it's no marvel if Satan be manifest as an angel of light. His ministers as ministers of righteousness. Even if an angel bring you another gospel, let him be anathema. Let him be accursed. Can you say man? What? You're telling an angel to shut up and go away? Absolutely. And if you couldn't do that to an angel then you're not ready for what's coming. There's going to be miracles to validate a lie. And people that only believe what they feel or see are going to be caught up in it. Friend of mine, this is, this is serious business because there are church organizations and denominations that have left their foundations and they are sitting and voting and and it's coming to every denomination. There is a push to lay down the Bible and become tolerant of a culture that God says, and the sins in that culture that God said he is definitely going to judge. Can you say man? And it is coming. It is coming. And if you, Decide that you can't and will not go along with it as a Christian. You're labeled immediately as a bigot. You are spewing hate by disagreeing. Just simply disagreeing. And you have to bear that. 
if you decide to follow Jesus. You know what they said of Jesus? We will not have this man rule over us. And you know what the culture is saying to God and to Christ today? We will not have this man rule over us. And you know what certain denominations are saying about the words of Christ and the word of God? We will not have this man rule over us. We will make it up as we go along. We will appease the culture. We will accommodate the culture. Jesus said, don't take them out of the world. The world needs them. They're salt. They're the preserving force. They're light in a world where darkness reigns. They're the light of the world. Don't take them. Father, I do not pray that you take them out of the world, that you prematurely rapture them out. Don't take them out, but keep them from the evil one. God says what I've given you is enough no matter how bad it gets. You can be kept by the power of God until Jesus comes. Can you say, man, in fact, the Bible said we are kept. Kept by what? The power of God. Hallelujah. And we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. In a great house, there's many vessels. Some of gold and of silver and some of hay and stubble and wood. But the Bible said, the Bible said, listen, purge yourself from youthful lust. See, it's time for the church and the Christian to grow up. It's time that the flesh doesn't rule and reign anymore in our life. It's time that we deny ourselves. Everybody say my bad self. How many know your flesh is your bad self? Can you say man? So you need to deny your bad self and take up your cross in order to follow Jesus Christ. Taking up your cross is not just being persecuted. It is crucifying your own flesh. What's a cross for? It's for the crucifixion. It's not just a little symbol you wear around your neck. It's where a crucifixion occurs. And the only way to walk after the Spirit is to Crucify the flesh. Listen to me carefully. If we keep accommodating the flesh, we will get the world in the church. And that's what's happening. That's why world church is going to be accommodated so easily. Because even the major religious movements are beginning to compromise We're not contending for the faith, that body of truth, all of it, that was once delivered unto the saints. And before the first generation of Christians were passed, Satan was trying to dismantle the foundation, which is the truth. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Amen. The church is supposed to be the pillar and ground of the truth. Praise God. We're supposed to be the anchors of the truth. Listen to me carefully. I watch all of this and I say, where? Where is the message of warning? Where is the stirring among God's people? Where is the passion in the preacher? Where is that sermon coming from? Is it something planned? It may be biblical and scriptural, but does it address the people living in the last of the last days? Is it prophetically accurate? Are we being readied for the time that is upon us? In the last day, perilous Times will come. One paraphrase says the time will come. It's going to be very difficult to be a Christian. It's here. It's here. You maintain your testimony now. You're going to have to crucify your flesh to do it. 
Amen. You're going to have to, you're going to have to be ready to be rejected. And you're going to have to count that rejection as a badge that you belong to Christ. Brother Venable, they don't like me where I work. Oh, they didn't like me either. Amen. But they respected me. But they respected me. But they they didn't accept me, but they respected me. Because I did not compromise my faith. Amen. One Sunday we were scheduled for a big service and and, uh, I found someone that would work for me. I found somebody that said, I need the overtime. Rev, if you want it off, I know you're pastoring a church. If you want it off, I'll, t- I'll work. And they were a good worker. They could do the job. And I said, that would be wonderful. And I went over to the foreman of the shift that I was on. And I said, I got so-and-so going to work for me Sunday. I won't be here. And you know what they did? The devil, I'll tell you, the devil will test you. Amen. I could just feel the enemy through that boss, big boss, man. You ain't so big, you just tall, that's all. Amen. (laughs) That's a song none of you know. It's a blues song. We don't sing the blues no more, right? But this is a lady boss. Could have been a guy boss, doesn't matter. Big boss woman, amen. We all know about that. Well, anyway, moving right along. We'll move right along. They told me, they told me, you will be here. And I thought, you don't need me. I got somebody to fill in. This is my faith. You will be here. Boy, that ran all over me. But I didn't say a word. I thought, we'll see. <laughs> you remember when I would go in right after the service? I'm willing to go in. Right after the service. And that's why I was able to be bivocational for 12 years and not miss a service. Hallelujah. But I had to stand my ground and I had to risk it all just to put the kingdom first. But I'm going to tell you it's worth it. Because he said, if you do put it first, you, you won't have to take any thought about what you eat, drink, or wherewith you're going to be clothed. Your father is going to take care of that, and he's going to see to that. Amen. You don't have to, you don't have to be that over-concerned person like the Gentiles, those outside the kingdom, outside the covenant. <laughs> the next day come, I called in. You got to call in. You get points against you. Don't show up if you don't call in. So I called in. I had my job covered. And this person picked up the phone and said, uh, oh, oh, are you sick or something? I said, no, no, ma'am. I told you I got somebody working for me till I'm done with my service. It's covered. Yeah, but are you calling in sick? I said, no, I'm not sick. I'm just not coming. (laughs) I told her that. I just felt God on my side, Sean. I felt God on my side. You know, when you got God on your side, the big boss, man, ain't so big no more. Can you say, man? God is bigger. Come on. Ain't God bigger? God is bigger. God is bigger. Listen, listen. I can either have that job as my source or I can have God as my source. Let me see. Let me think this over. No, there's nothing to think over. There's nothing to think over. There's nothing to think over. I can get another job, but God is my provider. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, Brother Venable, did they, what did they do to you? They didn't do anything to me. Well, what if they had? 
Oh, I'd already been down that road. I got gloriously saved. I mean, when I got saved, I, I got saved. I was so glad to be saved. Amen. I was so happy. And I'm getting wept up, tied up, and tangled up in the cord instead of Jesus. Amen. Listen to me. I got saved. I'll never forget going in to my boss man. And I told him, because then I was a young Christian. I wasn't rooted. I wasn't built up in Christ. I needed to get on that strong foundation in the Lord. And I told my boss, I said, sir, I need to be off to be in service. I'll come in after the service. I need to be off. I will take a pay cut. I will do whatever menial job there is, I will take a pay cut if you would just let me take my family because I have become a Christian and I want to worship my God and I need to be in God's house. And, 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 and he said, he said, Robert, you train people when they come in. You are necessary to this company. You, you've got a bright future ahead of you. You're a good work. Oh, they'll feel, then, then they'll turn around and, you know, oh, they were buttering me up. You, you, you're so, and I was, I trained everybody to come in because I pulled more tonnage selecting frozen food and receiving than anybody. Amen. I was always at the top. They got on to you if you're at the bottom. Amen. I did it. You know, when I got saved, I did it as unto the Lord. I, I used to go to the ABC liquor store with a friend of mine, and we drink too many mar- tea, tea many martinis in between, you know, lunch instead of lunch. I remember going to Pizza Hut with my buddy, and and you know, you get a pizza and a pitcher of beer, and I'm sitting there with that pizza and a pitcher of beer, and he had he had got there before me and drank almost a whole pitcher before I even got there on a lunch hour. And I walked into Pizza Hut on Hillsborough Avenue, sit down, and there he was, already getting bleary-eyed. And a, and a man came in with his wife and two children, and he looked over at them all bleary-eyed, and he said, I don't know why they let kids in a place like this. <laughs> that's, that's not... That's, <laughs> it's the Pizza Hut. We're not in a bar. This is the Pizza Hut. That was B.C. And when I quit going to the Pizza Hut and, and, and when I quit taking Benzedrine, Benzedrine to crank me up. <laughs> the truck drivers would come in and Benzedrine, we called them Bennies, they're uppers. And we'd buy them from the truck drivers and, and we would get all hyped up on the Benzedrine. In fact, when I wrecked my Plymouth, I had just taken bennies. I was pulling number one. I took those bennies, and then when I came, got home, I couldn't sleep. I was wide awake, but wore completely out, and I couldn't rest, and I knew I had to go back and do it all again. So I kept, I kept hard liquor under, under my car seat on the driver's side, 100 proof liquor, and I would sip it from, from, Hillsborough Avenue, just right behind the Funland, all the way to Plant City. And I got to Plant City, and it was a cold day. Heater was on. I was sipping. I wasn't trying to party, get high. I was trying to come down, offset the bennies. So, see, we all have a B.C., don't we? 
you say, Brother Ben, well, I can't imagine you doing that. Well, I can't imagine you doing what you did either. <laughs> you don't have to be a preacher. Can you say, man, to be sinful? I was lost before I got saved. I've been on the other side. Don't say you don't know, Brother Venable. Oh, yes, I do. I know very well. When the devil was my daddy, I served him, and I served him well. But he ain't my daddy no more. Can you say, man, I don't belong to him. He can't claim me. I have a mark on me. Hallelujah. I have a seal. The Bible said you are sealed. Oh, how's he going to figure out who's who? Because he put a mark on you. It's a spiritual mark. It's not one you can see, but it's a brand. The word seal means a brand. Hallelujah. I bear the mark of Jesus Christ. God can see it. Hallelujah. Praise God. You ever get stamped going to a club back BC or any other time? Amen. You can't see it until they put it under a particular light. Well, nobody can see it and you can't see it, but God's got it. And the Bible said the foundation of God standeth sure having this seal. <laughs> the Lord knoweth them that are His. Can you say, man? Oh, having this seal. What seal? He sealed us with the Holy Spirit until the day of redemption. Wow. And that day is coming soon. Anyway, my foreman telling me all I was going to risk I needed to be a company man. I needed to sell out. He was an alcoholic. He drank every single night. Cost him in the future. It cost him his job. I saw him. It cost him his job. Cost him his family. I saw him in a Toys R Us over one Christmas season. And I was preaching the gospel at that time. And he was going to go up with the company, sold out to the company. And I'm going to tell you, the company did not try to help him get off alcohol. They just cut him loose. They just cut him loose and didn't blink an eye. Oh, but my God was holding me and taking care of me. I still had my family. I still had a roof over my head. And God made a way where there didn't seem to be no way. Amen. <laughs> but I went in. And he talked to the man. They always called the plant manager the man. That was back when, you know, everybody of authority was the man. And, and he said, I came in and boy, he was loaded for me. I said, did you talk to him about that? Did you talk to him about that? I, I need this for my family. I'll take the pay cut. I'll, I'll, be the, I'll be the janitor. I'll clean the bathrooms. I'll do anything. I'd like to stay with the company. I keep my insurance, keep all these other benefits, but I'll, I need this. I've come, and, and boy, here it come. Here it come again. I talked to the man. I thought, so did I. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. I talked to the man, and the man said, here it comes, boy, the, you, you know, the, the, these people don't just do this. There's an inspiration for them to do this. And he said to me, the man said, as long as you work here, you do what you're told to do. And it wasn't just anger. I felt a release. I felt, that's it. I don't know what I'm going to do and how I'm going to make it. But I know what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to capitulate and say you or this place or that man is more important than my relationship and fellowship with my heavenly father. 
I had just led a man to the Lord two weeks before on the loading dock. He was in the break room. I stand on the loading dock because I I couldn't stand, you know, the all the all the mess going on, the dirtiness and filthiness and filthy talking. And, and I was just standing outside waiting in for everything to get done, sipping on a cup of coffee. And a church-going man, the only church-going man on my crew, he was looking at me through the window of the break room. He came outside. He came up to me, and God, God had him. Boy, God had him hooked. Go let me reel him in. Praise God. He had tears in his eyes, Sean. He said, when you walked up, this is just a little while after coming to Christ. He said, when you walked up on the dock, I saw something. I saw something. Can you come to my house tomorrow? We were off on Monday. And he said, can you come to my house tomorrow? I need to talk to you. And tears were in his eyes. And I thought, Lord, have mercy. I don't, I don't, what's, what's going on here? I'd never had God set up these divine appointments like that. But he began that. Praise the Lord. I went to his house. We went over, invited over for supper. He, my wife and his wife sat at the table. He, got, he said, come with me. I need to speak with you personally. And we walked into their bedroom. And he said, Robert... He said, I have been going to church for years. I have been baptized in water. But he said, I've realized I need Jesus. When I saw what he has done in your life, it made me know that I needed more than just going to church and being baptized. I need what you have. I said, you can have it. Have you confessed your sin? Well, he told me about this thing that he went through where he walked down, he shook the preacher's hand, and they read something from the Scripture and asked him if he agreed with that. And they told him he was saved and he never had to do anything else. But he found out there's more to it than that. He began to weep. And I said, all I can tell you is what I did. I confessed my sin and repented of it and asked Jesus Christ to come into my heart. He sat on the side of that bed, raised in church, married in church, going to church when he could. Most of the times we couldn't because of the schedule. But he said he received Jesus as his Savior. And I thought, Lord, this is incredible. I have been used of the Lord without even knowing it. Hallelujah. To win somebody to Jesus. Larry Messenger. Glory to God. He went from there to Publix. His son had a, had a disability, a, a mental disability. But he, he prayed about it. His son graduated from Southeastern College, which is a Christian university, and began to do mission work. Hallelujah. God just turned everything around in his life. Praise God. And I decided every time I make a decision to follow Jesus, God moves, God supplies. I went to work at a service station part time. I was standing in that service station. We had a $20 a week grocery budget. That, this is back in the day. 20 bucks had to buy a week's groceries, including baby food and formula. I know. Think about it. Think about that. 
And I'm standing there and, and looking out the plate glass window of the station and a car pulls in and it's a nice car and uh, there's a lady driving and I go out. This is full service. That's back when you get $5 worth of gas and you check the air and the tires, check the oil and clean the windows and, you know, all of that stuff. And I did all of that stuff and went back in. She pulled away. And we were right down to the bottom of the barrel. You know, that's why I've said often, I'd rather have a meal barrel blessed of the Lord, even if I'm at the bottom of that barrel, than to have a meal barrel running over that can run out. Can you say, did you hear what I said? I'd rather have a meal barrel down at the bottom. You know the story, amen, of the... Baking a cake for the prophet. <laughs> Hallelujah. And God sustaining them through the famine. And never filled the mill barrel up, did he? It was always the bottom of the barrel. But every time they dipped out, he dipped in. Amen. Glory be to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. My God is more than enough. <laughs> His name is El Shaddai. <laughs> <Amen. laughs> oh, hallelujah. I feel like singing it. But our time is short. Not that we have any time to quit but you know that kim he says that you just say it don't mean nothing <laughs> if this was a whole new congregation you say you'd holler out wouldn't you say it don't mean a thing just forget he even said it she pulled out went around the block and pulled back in and i thought i wonder if i forgot to check something on her car you know or something i'm standing there and she waved at me to come out there. And I thought, wow, what, what does she need? And I walked out there and she said, I've never done this in my life. But she said, I'm going to give you this. She handed me, tw that's back when $20 was a whole lot more than now. She handed me a $20 bill. And I said, there you are. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things the Gentiles are selling their soul for. I'll take care of it. I'll see to it. Thank the Lord I took that $20 home. But it was way more than the $20, which was our exact grocery budget. Amen. You know what it was? God had met the need. God talked to a total stranger. What? Oh, oh, oh. Sometimes he can't talk to his own people because either we're not sensitive to him or we're stubborn <laughs> that can't be God <laughs> he asked me to give something that can't be God no that probably is God you just have an issue with that anyway let's forget that somebody said somebody said one time everything happens for a reason I believe that and sometimes the reason is because we're stupid and stubborn little better amen. Come on, your flesh is just like mine, stupid and stubborn. I'm not calling you stupid. I'm calling your flesh stupid. I'm not calling you stubborn. I'm calling your flesh stubborn. So you're going to have to crucify that old thing. Get out of your stupid, stubborn mode so the Holy Spirit can lead you and protect you and keep you. Hallelujah. God began to move. And God began to provide. And God began to open doors. And the next door that came open from that gas station part-time was Tampa Electric. When God opened the door to Tampa Electric, 
Oh, man, did he open that door. When I went to work for Tampa Electric, we were at the bottom of the barrel because of that little bit of salary. I got a pair of my stepdad's size 11 cowboy boots. He was a truck driver because I didn't have any work shoes. I had kind of canvas-type shoes and, and Tampa Electric. So I come in, and I took paper, and I put in the, you know how they narrow down? I put newspaper in there so that my toes wouldn't just be completely, you know, in there. And, and, and so I put them on, and I come to work. Well, my first job, we had to get down in ditches. We were laying pipe for the Tampa International Airport. It wasn't built yet. I had to get down in holes with a shovel and dig in the hot sun. And those cowboy boots were old. And when it got wet, the thread that was threading it around, you know, that kept the, kept the sole. You know, I remember DJ on WTMP or one of those stations. He said, I've been walking on my black DJ. I used to listen to rhythm and blues. Amen. Praise God. I mean, thank you, Jesus. Amen. <laughs> I wouldn't go so far as to praise God for rhythm and blues, but thank you, Jesus. It was good, you know, back then. <laughs> Did you see how slick I'm getting out of that? <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> I like Clarence Frogman Henry. I like, amen, I like the rhythm and blues. And I, I remember he used to say, I'm always walking on my heels, so you know i got a lot of soul. He, he said, he big guy, he used to say, amen. <laughs> he, he used to say, I may have a few rolls, but every roll's a jelly roll. Amen. Anyway, he thought well of himself. My soul was flapping. I got a whole thing of electrical tape out of the truck, and I taped them both up. So I had these size 11. I'm at eight and a half. I had these size 11 cowboy boots. You know I was red on the neck. I was a redneck from Plant City, show enough. And, we, and I, I had them taped up, and here I am, second week, I mean, they're coming apart. Now the heel is getting ready to come loose. And I can't tape. I can't use all that tape. And, and a guy's working with, he's entry level too. And he looked over at me and he says, is that all the shoes you got? And I said, well, right now, until we get some paydays coming in and get caught up. I said, we got to eat before I think about shoes. And we got to pay the light bill. But it'll be all right as soon as I get caught up. See, that meal barrel's down at the bottom again. <laughs> he looked at me. He says, you know, it wasn't too long ago. He said, I mustered out of the army. I was going to make a career out of the army, but I decided that wasn't for me. And he said, I got a brand new pair of military-grade jump boots. He said, would you like them? I said, well, if I can wear them, what size are they? Eight and a half. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody stop me. I'm about to shout. Glory to God. Eight and a half? Eight and a half, you say? Let me see. <laughs> he brought them in. I wore them for two solid years before they run out. And by the time they run out, I was caught up. Can you say, man, the Lord is good. His mercy endures forever. 
I put on those jump boots. I come walking in with no tape on my shoes. Hallelujah. Working for Tico. I felt good. I told my wife, I said, the Lord is supplying. The Lord will provide. The Lord is faithful. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. I got in his house. I got in his word. His word got in me. I got rooted and built up, wrapped up and tangled up and tied up in Jesus. Can you say man? Hallelujah. And I saw my ex-boss man. His, his family is torn apart. They left him. His kids are gone. His job is gone because he got drunk on the job and messed up. And I saw him in Toys R Us. And I said, how you doing? He said, not good. How are you? I said, I'm doing great. God has been so faithful to me. I wanted him to know there's hope for you. There's help for you. There's mercy for you. There's a better life for you. It's not just about escaping hell and going to heaven. God wants to take care of you right down here. Can you say man? And He'll do it if you'll come to Him and give Him first place in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I've been to the bottom of the barrel. I've been to the bottom of the pit I've been delivered from that horrible pit David talked about. And I can tell you he lifted me from the miry clay. But he didn't leave me on a slippery slope. He set my feet on a rock. He doesn't just bring you out. He establishes you. Praise God. Rooted and built up in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Last day, once again, we're back to the prophecies. In the time of the falling away, you can't go with the flow anymore. You cannot and you must not. If you are, you say, well, I'm as good as that lady. I'm as good as that guy. These people do this. Someone called me the other day and in the course of counseling, the the issue of alcohol came up, tearing that family all to pieces Contributed to the death of my son before my death. Consumed his body. He didn't have faith to believe for any kind of healing. Because he chose to go back to it after God delivered him from it. But he had faith to go to heaven. And that's where God took him. But I saw it ravage him. And rob him. Of all the blessings God would have, could have. And would have given him. And I said you know something. I don't accommodate it. I'm a teetotaler. And I would suggest. And I would recommend. And I would declare strongly. Don't even go there. Don't even go with the social part of that. Why? Because you're going to cause a weaker You might be able to do it, and I might be able to do it. I might be able to have a glass of wine with spaghetti or whatever you drink it with. I don't like it, number one. I'm glad I don't like it. But if I did like it, I mean, if I want grape juice, I want it to be sweet. Talk about kisses sweeter than wine. I don't know what wine they were drinking. I mean, what thinking. You know what I'm saying? My mama drank that old Mogan David. 
had a pretty grape thing on the front of it and grape thing inscribed on it. And I thought that, I, of course I had to try it. I was a kid, teenagers, stupid, stubborn flesh. How yucky. But I'm strong on that. I say, no, you don't want to cause a weaker brother or sister to stumble. Because somebody's going to see you and say, if it's all right for them, I can do that as a Christian. Only problem is, somebody's going to get hooked. And somebody's going to become a complete alcoholic and have their life ruined by it. Not everybody. But the alcoholism rate in this country is through the roof. There's a warning on cigarettes, but there's not one on alcohol. And I'm telling you, alcohol is killing innocent people and ruining people that without it would be decent people. But they drank and they drove and they killed somebody and they went to jail and their life is ruined and their family's coming apart. There used to be a sign on 574 in Mango. I never forget it. A church put up a sign and it had a big bottle of liquor leaning on a house like a big limb from a tree and it was crushing the roof of the house and it said no home can stand this for long amen i've seen what it can do i've experienced it in my family and i'm going to tell you something there's a time listen come out from among them Come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not, touch not, touch not, touch not. It's not just what I can get away with. We need to see how close we can get to Jesus. Amen. We don't need to see how far we can push grace and still call ourselves Christian. We need to get close to God. We're in the falling away. We need to be drawing near. Can you say amen? Let us draw near. Let us draw near. Break up your fallow ground. That hardness can set in your heart. Break up the unplowed earth for the planting of the seed. Break up your fallow ground. It is time to seek the Lord. If it's not time now, when will it ever be time? It's time to seek the Lord till he come and reign righteousness on you. Hallelujah. That's getting really right with God. That's not just going to church. It's getting right with God. There's a vast difference. Church can challenge you. God can change you. Hallelujah. So go to church, but get right with God. Don't let it just be a religious, ritualistic routine. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness. For they're going to get what they hunger and thirsty for. For they shall be filled. Hallelujah. They shall be filled. They shall be filled. Hallelujah. Anybody feel God calling you close? Anybody feel a need to draw near? Praise God. That's what it's all about. I'm drawing near. Nearer, my God, to thee. Nearer to thee. Hallelujah. They said they played that. I don't know that it's historically, factually true, but they said the orchestra played to try to calm people when the lifeboats ran out and there's no place to go and the Titanic is beginning to list and sink. That the orchestra, several of them stood on the deck and played, Nearer, my God, to thee. Nearer to thee. This world, the time... 
of it being like it is, is drawing to a close. John said, I saw an angel. He put one foot on the land and one foot on the sea. And he made a declaration. Time shall be no more. The time to repent. The time to get right. The opportunity. Time is given. There it is. Is this such a time to go after gold and apparel, saith the Spirit? Is this such a time for my people to be earthbound and bound by sin and deception? Yea, nay, it is high time that we awake from our slumber. For now is your salvation nearer than when you first believed, saith the Lord. Yea, it is indeed time to seek the Lord until He come and rain righteousness upon you. Yea, I want to fill you and I want to keep you. I want to keep you from the evil one. And I want you to be ready for my coming. Yea, draw near to me and I will draw nigh to you, saith God. Somebody give him praise in this room. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Time. Time shall be no more. Time will give way to eternity. Can you say, man, time as we know it is going to stop. But eternity is forever. Thank God. I know where I'm going to live forever. How about you? And there's nothing this world can dangle in front of me that is worth where I'm going to live forever. Hey, hallelujah. Will you stand to your feet? Let's give God praise before we go home. And if you'll bring this up, we'll just give him some praise. told a preacher the other day, I've heard about so many programs, I've been given so many books and I've read them. I'm not above applying things for, you know. But every time I put on Saul's armor, I feel naked. Every time I try to use some kind of marketing method or man-made method to motivate people without a true revival, I'd rather not preach anymore. If we can't believe that we could actually see a stirring among God's people and a true revival. If there's a church of a thousand people, but they're not hungry for righteousness, I do not want to minister to them. The time is running out and the time is short. And I don't have time to play church even with a thousand people in a building. I don't just sense my time at 73. I don't just sense the years passing and my window of opportunity to preach coming to an end. What I sense is the soon coming of Jesus Christ. And what I sense is a desperate need to hear what the Holy Spirit has to say and not what the preacher has planned for Sunday. I do not want to be given a false sense of security. I want the real security. I want to know that I'm right with my God. 
I want to know that I'm ready to meet him. I want to know that if he comes before I get to the parking lot, I'll be glad to see him and he'll be glad to see me. Can you say amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And when you're right with God, you can have that assurance. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God. Born of His Spirit. Washed in His blood. Washed in His blood. Thank God I'm ready. (laughs) So, as my pastor said, we can't sing it like we've been singing it. Not with the knowledge we have and where we are prophetically. He said, choir, do not sing. I'm getting ready to leave this world. I'm getting ready for the gates of pearl. Because if the trumpet sounds, you ain't got time to get ready. I want you to change the lyrics to I'm ready. And if you, and if you can't sing I'm ready, you need to get ready. So you'll be ready. Can you say, man, you need to do it in a hurry. Praise God. I am ready. I remember when we first sang I am ready. It, there was such a, a knowledge that we're right with God. We've been down in that altar. We've done business with God. Amen. We're not phony, baloney Christians. Glory to God. We're going to go out of here. It's not sinlessly perfect, but perfectly committed to serving Jesus. Struggling with our flesh like every, everybody does. But not struggling with God's Lordship and Christ's Lordship. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. I'm ready to leave this world. I am ready for the gates of pearl. Keeping my records bright, praying both day and night. I am ready to leave this world. Praise God. I want you to be ready. God wants you to be ready. Brother Taylor says it very often. Jesus is coming soon. 